it's always a fun experience for me to do these classes and share and get out of the way, so to speak. That's why it's interesting or different when I'm doing a personal sharing or when it's more of that sharing from spirit because I'm aware of when that living word comes present. I literally feel it come into me and start to move as that river of loving and however it chooses to express because I'm definitely a feeler as well as seeing and hearing, but definitely a feeler. And so I literally in meditation now just feel it literally come and set right at the seat of the soul and then just begin to pour through me. Sometimes very intensely and at other times just very gently and subtly. And I know each of us experience that movement of loving in very similar ways. And that's why today in meditation, I was saying pay more attention to that. Take note of that. Honor that. Open to it. Allow yourself to perceive, to experience, so that you come to know what that movement of loving is and all that goes with it. Whether it's directly the Holy Spirit working with you through that radiant form, as we call it, or the spiritual teacher, or whether it's just your own soul's loving and you're aware of your own inner light. It's all loving. It's all God. But there are definitely different aspects of God's loving. There really is a Trinity action. That which is referred to as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, let's take the polarity off of it. Let's just call it God, the Holy Spirit, and the soul. There really is the Trinity action. For that beingness of God, when God spoke... God created the light, and that light is the soul. So we have God, the voice of God, which is also the Holy Spirit, or what we call the sound current, the audible life stream, and the soul, that is the light of God. So we have the sound and the light. And that's it. It's a very simple, simple, process. And one of my experiences when I went into the heart of God and came back out and I made my way back down through the spiritual realms and back into this physical creation, I like to call it the water world as we call it the lake of reflection here, because literally when you come into this time and space realm, the void, it's like water. It's literally like water. There's a substance Science is beginning to discover it and call it dark energy or dark matter. That's actually the void. When God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth is void and without form, that void at the time when God first created, when there was nothing here, well, there still is nothing here other than the expression of our loving into this void. But that void is literally a watery substance when we experience it from the soul. It doesn't have the same nature while we're in the body that seems so dense. That's the physicality. So when we say the physical universe, we're referring to this void that is not only physical, but when we talk about the realm of imagination, emotion, mind, and unconscious, we're talking about all of this that is of the void. 
but from the realms of spirit, beyond the void, back in the spiritual creation, not the physical creation. That trinity action is so simple. When I came out that time as I was coming back, I looked back towards God and I saw three things coming out of that one point of light, which was the origin point of God creating. And out of that point came a circle. It was literally a golden white light, a circle. Actually, it was pure white light now that I remember. A circle, like a concentric circle, it came out like this, just expanding that beingness of God that creates. And then I saw a white spiral light come out within the circle. And then I saw a straight line, a light, like a laser beam, just pure white light. So it was a circle, a spiral, and a straight line. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That circle represents God the Creator. The spiral represents the soul and its journey. And Jim's talked about this. If you go listen to a lot of our past talks, he talks about all this. In that straight line, well, the path to the straight and the narrow is the Holy Spirit. For God sent the Holy Spirit to be with the soul on its journey, but has also given us the freedom of choice so that we go and explore all that God created in the spiritual kingdom. And here's the thing. I know over the years, and even in the Bible and other scriptures, it talks about the spiritual creation and the physical. The truth is it's all spirit. God created all of it. The physical creation is not something separate from God. It is just while we're here, we experience the sensation of being separate from God. And I say sensation because that's all it is. Because we truly are never separate from God. It is just a matter of perspective or perception in how we experience. We, the soul, the divine spark, that light of God, as children of God, have come out of the oneness to experience all these different aspects of God's creation. It's called the Garden of Eden. And in that garden are many trees. And each tree actually represents a whole unique creation. Just like this whole realm of time and space, the void, how amazingly immense it is, is just one tree in the garden. Just one tree. We call it the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge. And so those souls called all of us and all the other billions upon billions, not just on this planet, but scattered throughout all these universes, are experiencing this aspect of God's creation called time and space. Or we like to say reflection or the lake of reflection. Because this creation is actually meant to reflect. How do we reflect? Through light. And the watery substance is like a mirror. So through that watery substance is a mirror and then the light hitting upon that, it reflects now to us. And it is in that reflection by which we can begin to perceive 
and learn from our experience. Everything we see out here physically through the eyes or our senses, well, in case we're blind, we've got other senses. We perceive by projecting out and then it bounces back. Whether it's sound or through light, feeling, taste, smell, all of these things. Everything in this creation is a projection that then there's reflects back to us. And it is that process of where we project and then eventually our projection comes back, right? What goes around comes around. The law of cause and effect, karma. That's what that is. That's what this physical creation was set up for, was to reflect through that process that as we put out and it comes back to us, well, as we put it out, we're creating when it comes back to us, we are now completing our creations. The creation has to come back in order to be fulfilled. And it is that coming back that that creation is fulfilled. But at that time is also a completion or a death of that now, that which we projected. And then when it dies and is fulfilled, well, what happens? We now receive the benefit, the learning of our process of learning to be creators. God made the soul in God's image. God is a creator. So the soul is a creator. We're learning how to be creators here and in this physical dimension, it is through the process of cause and effect or projection and reception. That's how polarity works. That's how duality works. It's actually very scientific, and that's why I even referred to science discovering dark energy, dark matter. Science is beginning to discover a lot of how this works. But this has always been taught through all the spiritual teachers, through all the ages, always. The spiritual teachings are the same because it all is the same. There's nothing new or unique today as there was when time began. It's the same. Maybe it looks a little different, different culture, different age, but the actual spiritual principles are always the same. Those are unchanging. Now our creations and how those look, well, those are changing all the time. But the underlying principles and the foundation by which all of that takes place never changes. Is always the same. God is always the same. The soul is always the same. The Holy Spirit is always the same. It is loving. It is creative. That's the simplicity that we need to remember and we need to focus into in meditation in order to wake up and know that truth. And that's how we fulfill our lessons here. Soul liberation, this path to sun and light. We talk about soul transcendence and soul liberation. Freedom, spiritual freedom. Well, here in ILM, we like to share 
those literally scientific spiritual principles of how that takes place. You could call this the direct teachings of the Holy Spirit rather than the parables and the stories. We're giving the science of soul transcendence. And it's important to understand it so that you, as a creator, come to understand the process so that you can begin to empower yourself through this and take responsibility for your creativity, how you can fulfill your creativity, how you can create more, how you can follow through with it to completion, rather than being at the effect of what you caused good or bad. There's a lot we've created that is good that we like the effects that come back to us. And most of us try to avoid all the negative ones that come back to us because of how disturbing it is. It's so funny because it's usually all the negative experiences and the pain of that and the suffering that goes with it that inspires us well, let's just maybe call it a different kind of inspiration, that motivates us to finally seek out a remedy. Well, what do we do first when we seek out a remedy? Well, usually we go to the doctor. <laughs> Physical, right? And we go to a therapist, a psychologist, mentally emotional. And then when that's not enough, we seek out a psychic or a church. And then when that's not enough, we finally go, okay, how come things are still going on? Why am I not complete? What's going on here? And then we start to seek out God. There's literally a step-by-step -step process. That's why you even hear me reference how I've been the last couple of years about the school year. We're coming up on summer break. There is a process here, just like the world reflects to us, first grade, second grade, third grade, through 12th grade, and so on. If we understand the process and how it works, we can begin to relax into it and now participate with how it works rather than resisting and rebelling, trying to change it. The underlying principles of creation never change. And as long as we try to fight against that struggle and rebel against God, literally, is where we hurt ourselves. Why do you think we talk about surrender all the time? Lord, thy will be done. I surrender. I give up. Wave the white flag. But in this world, giving up is a bad thing. Surrendering, what, to the dictator? Well, I guess God's a dictator then, right? Because that's often how we feel. Because we've been under the domain of Lucifer, the Lord of Reflection, and so we think a dictator is negative and evil is harsh. And it is. Lucifer and his armies are. But when we don't have another reference, that's why we find ourselves in protection, reaction, and defending ourselves rather than waving the white flag of surrender. We don't want to surrender to that because we're going to be harmed, killed, maimed, all the stuff that causes the pain and suffering, and now all the fear that that has generated and conditioned us is what we're always reacting to. 
So we shut down, we build up our walls. Look at even in this world, look at all the castles and moats around the castles and all the armaments. It's just never ending. The walls of protection and defense. And then after a while, you get tired of defending yourself. So you think, wow, the best defense is an offense. Let's go kill and destroy everything that would kill and destroy us so we don't have to worry about it. And then it'll finally be world peace. Once all the evil is destroyed, literally what is going on in the world comes out of our own projections. Each and every soul that is a creator, as we group together in masses, the projections get bigger. Think about it. On an individual level, it starts out as an argument with one other person. And in that argument, we feel attacked, so we feel like we have to defend. And then what usually happens when it gets worse? We get somebody else in there. Who's on my side? Who's on my side? So we start building a team around us to defend ourselves. And now they're evil out there because they simply have a different perspective than we do. And we feel attacked. And I can guarantee you they're feeling the same way about you. But you wouldn't know that because now that you've separated yourself and are in your own castle of protection and they're doing the same thing. And then the teams get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's called governments, nations. And it's how the world works. Always keeping us in opposition because in that opposition it creates a tension. It is that tension in which the laws of polarity work like a magnet. Even a battery needs a negative and positive for that energy to flow. Well, magnet that draws through that electrical magnetic charge, that tension it creates causes all the void to take form. The void, the earth was void and without form. Through all the tension, it starts to draw. These are physics now. All these particles come together, create mass. So we as creators out of the formless come into form and start to learn how to create. People call it sacred geometry, <laughs> laws of physics, mathematics. So through that, we have learned to create. Even the Freemasons, when they were more focused spiritually, those were the spiritual principles now brought down to the physical level. That's why the, t the square, the hammer, the carpenters, the builders, the Freemasons, even Jesus referring back to the carpenter. Throughout history, the same principles have been shared and taught right down into the physical creation because of the science. And this is a reflection of the principles from above, so below. So as that spiritual principle comes into physical science, and we, the soul, now are learning to create on all these multi-dimensions and levels, right into the physical, learning to be a creator. And once we've mastered that skill, that carpentry skill, that Masonic skill, even into the physical, well, that's why they call him like a master carpenter. 
Because when we have mastered the skill, we have learned the principles of creation. And then what is left once we have mastered and learned, have built the most incredible things? What's left is death. Because once you have fulfilled and have learned it, mastered it, it has served its purpose and it is time now to move on. And therein lies the letting go, the surrender. And in that is where the freedom and the liberation is. And that is the process by which as we as a soul come out of the spiritual creation and into the physical, to learn this action of creativity. And then once we've learned, well then it's called, it's time to serve, to serve others, to assist, to be a teacher, to be a mentor, to be a tutor, to assist others in learning as well. And once we have fulfilled both our own learning and we've mastered all these principles and then we served others, well, there's a point then when God calls us home. Because now we've done enough and fulfilled our experience. It's time for us to now go experience another realm, another tree in the Garden of Eden. And to leave behind, call it your legacy, to leave behind the wisdom of your experience so that others may gain from that, and that you may be free of it, that you've literally fulfilled and freed yourself of all the karma or the learning. And so you can move on now and let others now continue their learning process just as you have learned. We're all here learning the same thing it just looks different what we create. That's the uniqueness. We each have our own unique expression, but the principles of creation are the same for all of us. The tools are the same. The infrastructure is the same. The principles are the same. The science of it is the same. But we have freedom with how we express it using all those tools and principles. But when we're done, it's time to go. But if we've become so attached to our creations and with being with our other co-creators, we hang on. But as we all know in this world, we can only hang on so long because when death comes knocking at our door, whether we want to let go or not, we have to. Unbeknownst to us, unless we are truly on a path of awakening, we will not understand and know when death comes beckoning. We will not understand because we did not take the time or give the attention to learn and grow through this creative process that we are here for as a soul in this realm of time and space. That's called reincarnation. When we have not learned the lessons and we thought we were the victim, we were avoiding it all, 
because we're all afraid and fearful because we build up all of our walls. We didn't want to get hurt anymore, so we're all in protection. And unfortunately, in doing that, we miss the lessons. Or maybe we get just a little bit of lesson that's inside of the wall we created, not realizing there's a whole lot more on the other side of the wall. We die, we reincarnate, so we can continue the journey. And that's really how it works. And through journey after journey, life after life, as we learn through all the different creative actions, eventually we do get fulfilled. The soul gets fulfilled, regardless of the mind, imagination, emotions, and body, until the day comes that we really do have the greater wisdom and understanding through all of our life experience, life after life experience. And when that day comes, then it's a day of peace. When we come to that place of peace, true peace that surpasses understanding, well, first we gain the understanding, and then the peace comes when we're truly complete. So then when we, you know, rest in peace, well, we truly can then when we have completed and fulfilled and we can now leave this creation and back into the spiritual. That's soul liberation. Most people think soul liberation is the battle of good and evil, and when we can be good and overcome the evil, we get liberated because we have conquered. Nope. Try again. This is not a competition. This is a conquest of cooperation. It's not a conquest at all. It's when we can learn to come into cooperation that it brings unification, where we start to come together, not only with other people, but when we come together within ourselves, that me, myself, and I, when we can finally come together in ourselves and have that understanding of our own nature, just as we have God, the Holy Spirit, and the soul, the Trinity, we have the me, myself, and I, the Trinity, all within ourselves, the microcosm of the macrocosm. When we can unify the me, myself, and I, right there, is where we're going to fulfill ourselves. We don't need to go and change the world. We don't need to try to unify everything in this physical creation. That'll take care of itself as each individual soul comes into union within itself so that we set ourselves free, fulfill ourselves. And that's the only true peace there is. All that other tension and chaos is there to assist us in learning about ourselves and our actions of creativity. 
But we need to take the time to understand. Do we slow down enough? Do we pay attention enough? Do we take the time to actually understand what is going on? You know, the what, the why, the how, the who. It is not until we slow down and truly begin to focus on understanding do we begin to really fulfill and liberate the soul. So understanding. Oh, I'm sorry, did I take the word of the day? Oh good, it's a different one. We'll see what comes up with Jim today. We had judgment or judge me not. And then last class, we had responsibility. Well, today for me, it looks like understanding. We'll see what Jim shares later. So that understanding is the learning that takes place. This is an educational process. But this education is one of awakening and awareness, revelation. That's why it is so different and so hard for the mind to understand because in the world we get taught in school to use the mind. It's a mental intellectual process. Well, spiritual learning is an experiential process, not one of intellect or memorizing or learning a language or a skill. It is a process of opening, awakening spiritually so we see, we perceive, and it is revealed to us as we take action and participate and have life experience is the educational process spiritually. But until we give it focus and attention, just like we have to go to school, right? We've got to go to school. Here's the lesson plan. Here's your homework. Same thing spiritually. The difference is school is all of your life. Here's a lesson plan being presented every day. But if we're, you know, the rebellious student, we're never paying attention or listen to the teacher, the teacher of life presenting to us the universe, as people say, we're going to miss it. We're not even going to know there's homework. Or we, hear, we know there's a lesson plan, but we're too lazy, we're too distracted, we'd rather go out and party or play and forget about doing homework so we don't bother doing it. We don't take responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. What happens then? Oh, you failed. You got to take the class over. You got to do the grade over. And then we go, why am I having such a hard time in life? Well, you shouldn't have skipped school so much. You should have paid more attention, listened. Listen. And do the homework. Learn. To gain understanding, we've got to listen to what is being taught and to actually do the homework so that we understand what it is that is being presented. You ever heard the phrase, when a student is ready, the teacher appears? Well, when the teacher's ready, the student appears too. <laughs> What's first, the chicken or the egg? 
What? God was first. Pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to your feelings. Pay attention to your imagination. Pay attention to your physical life experience. But most of all, pay attention to the spiritual, to your soul. Because that's the greatest teacher and the greatest student. The action of soul liberation we're doing here, the whole action of spiritual teacher, spiritual student, the teacher presents the principles, the lesson plan. It is up to the student to listen, to hear, to ask questions, to understand what, why, how, and then to do the homework, to have the experience, to learn, to grow, to awaken. It's that simple. That's why it is always taught, always has been, always will be in this path and why the world reflects it. You need the master, the mantra, and the meditation. That three actions. But then we've got to do it. And that's where it always boils down to you. Are you willing to do it? Because it really is in your hands. It's up to you. Not up to me and Jim. Not up to anybody else. Not up to your partner. Not up to your support group. It's up to you. If you're going to do the homework. If you're going to even go to class. But I'll tell you what. We're not going to do all that unless we've got a good reason to. The why. Why would we want to do this? Why? Why, why, why? Well, that's for you to answer. Why do you want to do this? Why are you here? What is it you're wanting to learn? Why do you want to learn? That why is your inspiration. That why is your aspiration. Because without it, you're not going to take the actions. You're not going to be motivated. You're not going to care. So maybe start with that and ask yourself why. Maybe first ask yourself what. What do you want? But I'll tell you what, the what is going to come out of why. Because there's going to be something inside of you that is being moved or inspired or motivated in some way, shape, or form that will urge you on that you may have no idea what that is or why until you begin to pursue it and pay attention to what that is. That's what happened to me. I had this thing from inside of me, just pushing me, moving me. I didn't know what it was, but I was very well aware of it. And when I began to give it attention and start to ask the questions and start to pursue it and do the meditation, 
is when it all started being revealed and opened up, demonstrated, but through my own experience. And that is the same for each and every one of us. So pay attention to that inner calling, that inner movement, that inner inspiration. We're giving you the signposts, what to look for, what to listen for, what to feel, what to know, what to pay attention to, how to work with it. We share that every single class here, every book, everything on the website. Speaking of which, in the summer break, what are you going to do? You're going to really take a break? Or are you going to keep meditating? Are you going to keep learning? Utilize the resources. We've got hundreds of talks on that website now, dozens of guided meditations, several books. Go utilize the resources. That support is there, but it does nobody any good if nobody uses it. I know it's always more fun in person or maybe more scary and we get, you know, a thrill by being scared by showing up in person. You know, everybody should just go watch it from their computer at home and we can just stare at the camera instead. You can hide out in your castle but yet receive the teachings. But again, it doesn't matter what you receive. What matters is what you actually do. That's the biggest key in all of this, is what you do. Not what we do, not what we share, not what we say, what you do, what you choose to believe or not. And I always recommend, don't believe anything. Don't even believe yourself. Because I found I misled myself so much by believing my own thoughts and feelings. Because my own thoughts and feelings would mislead me, get me all caught up in the world and all the trauma and drama. I got so sick of it, I had enough of it, that's when I started saying, God, I surrender. Please take this away from me, right? Give me freedom, peace. Those are all usually our, our motivations, our motivators. It's usually pain, the negative stuff. I know most people don't even come to spiritual groups like this until they've had enough pain and negativity and they're finding, trying to find their way out of it. And I know that's rough. That's why I'm getting back surgery for Christ's sake and Buddha's sake and Allah's sake and whoever else's, each your sake and everything too. <laughs> the biggest key, the biggest key are the keys to the kingdom, the sacred name, that living word. For without it, the soul is left wandering. 
But if you were like me as a teenager, I love to wander, go explore, get lost and find myself. That's how I learned about different areas. And that's what we're doing in this physical creation. But once we've had enough of it, then we'll really start to seek to be found or to find. You know, ask, seek, knock. I probably, I'm so sacrilegious, I make fun of all these different things we've learned over the years. There's a real purpose and intent behind it all, but hopefully we're going what to the behind of it all and not just looking at the storefront anymore, but actually going in and starting to purchase the goods in there and doing something with it. And if we don't like it, well, give it away. Take it back, get a refund. We don't give refunds here. That's why we don't charge for anything. So the keys to the kingdom are the sacred name of God. That is truly the key. So when I shared in the beginning about God, the Holy Spirit, and the soul, well, that straight line, that sacred name, the keys to the kingdom, is that action of the Holy Spirit. And as you've always heard us saying here, that is the true spiritual teacher. Not me, not Jim, it is the Holy Spirit. We're just here sharing that and sharing those keys that the Holy Spirit is. So when we talk about the radiant form of the spiritual teacher, well, when that's what we say. When you go into meditation and look for the inner light, when you see that golden white or purple or blue light, that is the Holy Spirit in its radiant form. And that radiant form can also take greater shape and manifest literally that it can appear as myself or Jim or some other spiritual teacher. That's why we can have inner experiences, visions, dreams, where we literally see a being. Most people think of all the teachers of the past, like Jesus or Rumi, Moses, Lao Tzu, all these guys that have merged with God and then share about it, teach the pathway, give the keys. That's the past. We've got to live in the present with the living word, not the past. The living word. Because that same living word that was present in the past is always present now and in the future. Seems strange, but in time and space, in that timeline, past, present, future is all one and the same right here in this moment where we are. And so all we need to do is focus into the present, the living word, and meditate upon that. How do we meditate upon that? We look for the inner light of the radiant form and hold our attention upon that. And the more we do, the more it envelops us and fills us. And the more that it dissolves all the attachments by fulfilling the lessons. And then the more we get free from all those attachments, literally the radiant form will begin to lift the soul out of the body. And lift it. 
literally carry the soul out of the body up that river of loving, that stream of light and sound, that purple or blue light, the golden white. Just lift it, just like getting in a river and being carried along. It is literally the same, but it is light and sound, a river that carries the soul through this creation and up above it all. It is so real, but we will not know that until we literally do the meditation and experience it directly. It sounds like a fantasy or a dream. But boy, when you actually experience it directly yourself, you will know how real it is. More real than anything you think is real in the physical world. That's why a lot of the saints of old, they called crazy, the village idiot, the fool. Because everything they said sounded crazy because people not having their own experience did not understand. But did they take the time to understand or did they just place judgment on the village idiot who was one with God? So we've got to look at what we're doing that's why going back to the key words like Jim was sharing, the judgment and then responsibility. We've got to look at what we're doing. Are we truly listening and open to all possibility? With God, all things are possible. Or do we have preconceived judgments, prejudices, and beliefs that limit that because of all the walls of protections we build over all the wars we've been in within ourselves and with others? What are we doing inside and taking responsibility to remove those walls and barriers and limiting belief systems, to open back up, to give ourselves the opportunity to really begin to see and experience the truth that really is out there as well as in here. But we won't even see what's out there until we begin to allow ourselves to see what is in here. And that's the biggest challenge of all because we are often too scared to even look at ourselves because of all the judgments and fears we have created about ourselves. And therein lies why we work with the LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving. Until we do that inner self-healing work, it's going to be hard to see beyond our own walls. That's where the homework is. When we do enough homework, enough walls drop away, where now literally the Holy Spirit can come in and really now begin to lift us beyond it so we truly get that higher perspective. But here's the thing. When you get a higher perspective, it's because you have done a lot of the work to get some freedom, to gain greater understanding, in there and you have done enough work to free yourself enough that the Holy Spirit can lift you up for that higher perspective. Because the higher perspective is revealing to you all that you've accomplished, all that you've learned, all that you have fulfilled. It's an acknowledgement of you. It's a graduation, a graduation, congratulations. And then you are free to continue now higher 
the next realm, the next lesson, the next grade, the next experience. To keep continuing to not rest on your laurels. Maybe if you've been too ethical, maybe it's time to get a little unethical. Because if you've been scared of it, doing the wrong thing, maybe you need to do something wrong to discover how right. You've got to right the wrongs and wrong the rights. The straightening arrow is the middle way. It's the balance point. There can be no good or bad, no right and wrong. It's got to be neutral. Neutrality comes from accepting and loving all the positive and negative, the good and the bad. Loving unconditionally produces freedom and awakening. So we have to be willing to let go and surrender all those limiting false belief systems. I know we've all been traumatized enough from the attacks, the drama of the world, but as long as we keep holding that inside of ourselves, it works against us. But if you're willing to have the courage to move through those fears, you're going to start to also see something different reflected back to you. Rather than your fears, you might actually start to see more loving, more blessings, more grace reflected back to you. Because that's what you're putting out. Remember the principles of creation, what goes around comes around? You want love, peace, and joy in your life? You've got to put out love, peace, and joy. If you're always in reaction and defense, guess what you're going to get back? Reaction and defense. Haven't you noticed that? When you're all reactive and defensive with somebody, aren't they usually the same way? All reactive and defensive with you? That's how it works. Next time you're in the battle, stop. Go, let me try this different. Let's see what happens when I put out some love and acceptance and forgiveness. Let me see if that comes back to me. It's all we've done up here. That's why we talk about it. It's all an experience. It's all experiential. So in other words, it's a science lab. Put a little of this, a little bit of that, you get this. You put reaction in with all this crap and garbage, you get a bile of shit. You put some love, some forgiveness in there, you get rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> really, take these things we talk about here and start experimenting in the classroom of life and discover, find out for yourself. And therein you're gonna gain the understanding that we share here. And you'll discover for yourself, just as we have, the truth that God is and the God that truth is.